Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Mindfulness Monday, everybody. I'm Annette Bingham, and Tasha Humphreys is here. Hey, Tasha. Hello. Happy Monday to you. Yes, we are ready for this session because I call it a session. <laughs> it's a session for us. <laughs> we talk things out, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about... Um, a really topic that somebody, everybody needs to hear at some point in time in their life because I think everybody goes through this at some point in time in their life, and that's depression. And depression is so prevalent in our society right now. And we talked a little bit about that the other day, about how, how I felt like there were three things that was really causing depression uh, three major things, but then there's numerous other things that are that are causing it too. And, you know, depression is just so prevalent. And everybody knows someone. Everybody has gone through it. My mother used to call it, she just felt blah. You know, when she said right. that, I knew she was depressed. Right. And there was, I, I was reading something about depression today, and I found it really interesting because there was an anthropologist, his name was Edward, Edward Shifflin, mm-hmm. he lived for nearly 10 years with a modern-day group of hunter-gatherers in New Guinea. And they didn't have all the so-called good things in life, you know, all the things that makes our lives supposedly more easy. Right. And he... During that time, he interviewed over 2,000 of them, men, women, and children, to get their um, their their experience with grief and depression. And out of those 2,000 people, he ran into one, just one, who even came close to meeting the full criteria for depressive illness. Wow. I thought that was, you know, really fascinating because they don't have all the good things in life that we consider we need and have to have, but yet they didn't have depression like we know it. Right. So I thought that was really fascinating. But we want to talk about the symptoms and treatments and um, tell a little bit about our stories. Um, I have suffered from depression my whole life. I remember as a child feeling depressed, just feeling unhappy for long periods of time, didn't want to do anything, couldn't enjoy anything. Um, I know my mom suffered from depression. My dad suffered from depression. I, I look back now at grandparents and all of that. They all you know, the ones that I knew really did suffer from depression and some from um, addiction. So, you know, I, I, Tasha and I were talking about this earlier. For me, I know that it's kind of a genetic thing, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being, learning a lot of it also, I just think it comes in, in both ways. It can be genetic and it can also be from learning it from depressed, you know, parents and grandparents right. and, you know, all that. But 
I have suffered from depression my whole life and um, have been on the meds before and um, had the counseling and done natural things. And I'm, I'm really aware now of when I'm depressed and try to catch it as early as possible because I really feel like if we allow it to get its hook in us and keep us for very long, then our whole being just gets so out of balance that we have no choice but to go seek medical help and counseling. Sure. Um, It's just like any other illness. If you feel yourself getting a cold, for instance, and you... You know, once you start feeling really tired, before the sore throat happens, before any of that starts happening, you want to start really dosing the vitamin C and, and getting your rest and drinking fluids right. and lots of water and trying to really flush whatever is trying to take over out of your system. If you wait until the symptoms get worse, then obviously you're going to have to, you know, either bed down for a week or go to the doctor depending sure. on what's causing it and, and get help. It's just like any other illness. You're right. You just really have to try to... If you if you do suffer from this and you have suffered long term and and you have had help before, then you know that this is something that you need to manage and learn how to manage appropriately. And depression doesn't normally just go away. Right. Um, you really have to do something, be proactive with it in order to make changes. And and uh, this is Mindfulness Monday, so mindfulness is one of those things that we can practice through all different kinds of meditation and and yoga and, you know, all of these things. But that's not the only way, of course. But, um, you know, depression affects people in different ways. And and I was suicidal at one point. Yeah, I was suicidal at one point. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but, yeah, let's let's clear that before we move on, because I know you said, you know, depression doesn't just go away. And and I want to catch that point before you move on and, and talk about, the suicidality because that's the most serious aspect of this disease. This illness can be be very serious, can be deadly, and that's why we're discussing it today. But just really quickly, I want to make sure that everyone knows depression as in a part of the grief process or depression as in feeling sad, that is not the same as clinical depression. When we're talking about clinical depression, we're talking about feeling of despair or hopelessness, emptiness, that is something very serious, and that's not just sadness. Everyone experiences sadness. Everyone experiences grief. But we're talking about clinical depression, and so that in and of itself does not just go away. The depression right. that you experience when you're going through the grief process, depending on, you know, obviously the level, that can turn into clinical depression as well. But that kind of depression or sadness after a breakup, things like that, can tend to you know, you can tend to move through those if you're working with yourself appropriately. But clinical depression doesn't just go away. And I didn't mean to interrupt you well, there, Annette, but I just wanted to make sure we made that point. No, no, that, that's perfect because it doesn't. And like you said, we all go through sadness and we all go through grief. And that's okay. And we need to do the things that we need to do in order to work through those things. Um, but sometimes that sadness from grief and other kinds of depression will lead into clinical where, you know, you have no choice but to get the help um, in order to heal. And that's very, very important. But um, 
you know, suicide is one of those things that, you know, comes along with it if we don't deal with it quickly. And, you know, not everybody who's clinically depressed contemplates that, which is, you know, wonderful, but many, many people do. And so, you know, right now I'm going through a period of depression, so I know that, and I'm doing those things that I need to do in order to work through it. And it's very important for people to know that everybody at one point in time feels depressed, um, may feel grief, may feel sadness, but oftentimes, you know, I don't know of anybody that hasn't gone through a, a bout of depression of some sort, you know, and, and they may be able to work through it in, in different ways. But, yeah, depression is, is with everybody or you know somebody who has gone through it. So it's right. really important to work through it and get whatever help you need, whatever it takes. Exactly. So, yeah. And, and I, 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 I want to read have, really quick. Sorry, go ahead. No, I well, I, we were going to talk about your story too. Yeah, I, I I wanted to read really quickly the the symptoms of depression, just so people know what to look for in themselves or in other people. Um, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about my story and and why it was important for me to know these signs and symptoms, which I thought. I already knew. Remember, I I have a background in counseling. That's what my education is in. I am not a licensed professional counselor because I do not currently hold my license, but um, simply because I never took the test. But I I do have um, education in that, and I am in a doctoral program for counseling as we speak, and yet I still was kind of sideswiped with someone else's depression simply because it was close to me. In other words, when you're in it, whether it's you or someone very close to you, it's it's sometimes very difficult to be objective even when you know the signs and, and symptoms like the back of your hand with someone else. It's very Hi. difficult to be objective like that and spot it in someone that you care very deeply about or that you're very close to. It's just, it's interesting that that is the way that it is. It's much like addiction or anything else. It seems like it's difficult for us to be objective. Here are the symptoms, and of course these can vary um, and, and have varying degrees, but here they are laid out. I'm getting this information from mayoclinic.com. I get a lot of my information about mental health issues and uh, and such from, from this particular website. And I want to mention before I move forward, this particular site, if you've never used it before, they have a managing depression newsletter that you can sign up for and subscribe to, and, and they'll give you up-to-date topics about depression and, and how to get help and what to do and um and you'll get that, receive that newsletter weekly. So that's a, a good tip for people that are trying to manage depression that know that they have it and, and need that extra help or maybe just some uh, reminders of things to, to look for or that could help you out. Uh, the depression symptoms are feelings of sadness or unhappiness, irritability or frustration, even over small matters. And, and let me, before I continue to read this, remember that you need to have you know, more than two of these to qualify as depressed. Obviously, many of us have feelings of sadness or unhappiness at times. But you, if you have two or three of these symptoms, then obviously that's something you want to look at. Feelings of sadness or unhappiness, irritability or frustration, even over small matters, loss of interest or pleasure in normal activities, reduced sex drive. And I will say that 
the loss of interest in pleasure uh, or normal activities could also be uh, a lack of interest in sex. So uh, go ahead and couple those together. Insomnia or excessive sleeping. So it's not just sleeping all the time, but some people who get up way too early and go to sleep way too late, that qualifies as well. Changes in appetite. Depression often causes either a decreased appetite and weight loss or an increased appetite and cravings and weight gain. Agitation or restlessness, for example, pacing, hand-wringing, or an inability to sit still. Irritability or angry outbursts, if you find yourself defensive quite often and easy to anger, that qualifies. Slowed thinking, speaking, or body movements. In other words, if you're unable to think of things quickly, if someone is asking you a question that normally you'd be able to answer pretty quickly and it seems to be slow for you. Indecisiveness, distractibility, and decreased concentration. If you're finding it difficult to concentrate on the things that used to be easy for you, for instance, reading the newspaper or listening in conversation, maybe not being able to keep up with the details in someone's story. Fatigue, tiredness, and loss of energy. Even small tasks may seem to require a lot of effort. For instance, picking up around the house. And I'm not talking about a full-on spring cleaning. I'm talking about just keeping things picked up, washing the dishes, little things that, you know, taking the dog out for a walk, taking yourself for a walk, anything that used to be something that seemed like a small task for you and now seems to require just a lot of effort. At some point with depression, even taking a shower can be too. Worthlessness or guilt, fixating on past failures or blaming yourself when things aren't right. This kind of ties in with that element of self-loathing where you just feel worthless and you're focusing on this guilt and shame that something is you know, something has you feeling, whether it's a person in your life or an event in your life, this is where sometimes grief can end up causing clinical depression because we fixate on this and then it it kind of spins out of control, which is why it's important if you are experiencing grief to get someone to talk to and seek some support so that you don't end up clinically depressed. Trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, and remembering things. If you're having a difficult time remembering small things, I mean, like, even things that someone's told you, stories that someone has shared, details, or even appointments that you've made. If you're just not remembering, then then maybe that's something you need to look at. Frequent thoughts of death, dying, or suicide. This is when this is very severe. All of these things are somewhat progressive, but really depression is all-encompassing of all of these things. And honestly, this can be a very, very dangerous and deadly mental illness, it's very important to seek help before you get to this point. Crying spells for no apparent reason. Obviously, many of us as women go through this monthly. However, this is something that would go on daily. Unexplained physical problems such as back pain or headaches. And I don't think that's what people are missing out on. I don't think people understand, you know, there was a commercial for, I don't remember what, antidepressant but it said depression hurts, and it does, physically hurts. Um, you actually get a back pain, headaches. You're going to complain of muscle aches and soreness uh, more often now. Let me interject quickly and say, with these symptoms, just like anything else we talked about on our show that can, can uh, have symptomology, always go see a doctor, a general practitioner, to rule out any other potential illness because many of these symptoms could be signs of something else physically going on with you 
and not necessarily depression. If you've already ruled that out, if you've already had your physical and everything is good, then definitely you are suffering from depression or someone you know is suffering from depression. When I went through depression, it was following the abuse of my the abuse of childhood that I suffered, all of the abandonment that I suffered throughout my childhood. I think I referred to it as being bored. My grandmother also referred to it as feeling blah. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was boredom. As I got older, and I and I was one of those people that busied myself, as my grandmother called it. She told me to busy myself so I didn't think about things. And that's why I'm a very big believer that there is a component of nurture in there. If If it's not completely it, it's certainly a part of it. Right. You're not necessarily born with it, but you can certainly be taught depression. Yeah. You can be taught anxiety. And I was certainly taught, I mean, literally use the words, <laughs> you know, just busy yourself so you don't think about it. And so that's what I did. I suppressed all my emotions. Uh, I was a rebel by nature, but, you know, it was taught to me, just busy yourself. And it worked. And I involved myself in everything, and I didn't want to be home anyway. So the more that I was involved in, the less I had to be around my abuser. Uh, So it was something that worked for me on multiple levels. And as I got older and there were less activities to be involved in that didn't cost a lot of money, that's when the depression really hit. And I experienced it on multiple levels. I had massive anxiety attacks, which is a symptom of depression, It's also a symptom of PTSD, which I was suffering from, and that was where my depression came in because depression is a symptom of PTSD, as is anxiety, and I had both. I did become suicidal. I did attempt suicide. I did end up in the ER. I had a psychiatrist in the ER try to help me and refer me to treatment, which I did not go to. Uh, main reason I didn't go is because I felt like everyone else around me was the problem and I didn't want to be told that I had a problem because then what it did in my mind was excuse everyone else from their accountability. But in fact, what I was doing was keeping myself from getting better. And yes, it was everyone else around me that had problems, but their problems affected me. And it was it was the effect of all of those things that they, that they did that I needed help for. It was hard for me to see that. And I didn't have a counselor say that to me until probably five or six years later when I had been suffering from depression for a a very long time. It's it's honestly very, I'm very lucky to be alive because of the self-destructive path I was on and the suicidality that was there for numerous years. And once I did get to a counselor who tried to help me see that I was the flower that grew within the rubble, then I was able to realize, okay, this is this is about helping me heal from the damage they inflicted. And I did start to get help. However, I never put together that my grandmother was depressed. I never put together that anyone I loved that was near me was depressed until recently. And it was after multiple tumultuous situations with an individual that I'm very close to, that I started to think, okay, that's depression. And then realizing that that was depression made me realize that my grandmother was depressed. In other words, 
when you are so close to someone and there's an emotional tie there, as close as there was, you know, for me with these individuals, it's very difficult to see it, especially when you're personalizing all of it. Because we see things as they come, you know, in instances, in incidents, you know, we we don't see them as a whole. So I wasn't looking at these as symptoms. I was looking them at, at, at them as arguments or complications or difficulties or abuse or whatever, yeah. you know, depending on the individual. And I wasn't looking at them as individual symptoms because, you know, obviously we don't live our lives as therapists. We don't sit and, and analyze people and take assessments. We're, we're involved in life, and so it, it's difficult to see it. That's why it's important to look at these symptoms. And, again, this is on mayoclinic.com. If you missed the symptoms of depression, you can go on mayoclinic.com and you can get those symptoms there. It's just listed under depression. You can Google depression symptoms and multiple sites come up with all of that information if you need to review that again for yourself or a loved one. Yeah, and there's, you know, if you know you're prone to this, it's so important to take the steps before you get to the point where you are depressed, where you have to go through something much deeper, you know, the medication and and all of that. You, you really need to be aware, more aware of what's going on with your body and your emotions. And that's something I didn't do this last time. And that's why I'm going through that cycle of depression now. Because I did not remain aware of what was going on with me emotionally and physically. And therefore, I did not take better care of myself to keep from getting to this point. Because you can, you know, keep yourself from getting to this point if you do the right thing. And... You know, you have to, you know, some of the things that, that I've done in the past is, you know, taking omega-3 fatty acids because it helps feed the brain, and it really does help with mood, uh, get your mood uh, much higher vibration than it would be otherwise. Uh, physical exercise, you know, doing that. But I know I started a running program, but... It was kind of late. I was kind of going through that stage already, but it has helped a lot. Um, just making sure that you're outside enough. Nature, you know, we talked about that a lot. Sunshine does the body good. <laughs> you yes, know, just getting out there, getting that social support, finding those people that you can talk to, a counselor, a doctor, uh, a friend, somebody that can help you when you start to dip down to those, you know, places that you don't want to go again. Getting the right amount of sleep is really important. And if you find yourself really going over in your head over and over and over again, all these things that are wrong, everything that's going on with you, and you just keep, if you can't work through it quickly, then there's a problem. You know, you need to seek some help in order to work through those issues. Because the longer you just sit there and think about these things, the deeper into the depression you go. But, right. You know, and I mean, let me, you can, 
let me jump in and say, you know, because on that on on that note, I I know that we've mentioned it a few times, but you're right. There is a time where you you have to realize that because you know, and that as 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 well as I do, I'm a big fan of natural healing. It is my go to. Mm-hmm. That's my first step for anything. I'd rather right. do anything naturally. I'm also obviously a big um, you know advocate for counseling, so I always encourage people to talk. Go get a counselor. And I'm not just saying talk to a friend. Friends are great. We all need them. Support system, they're awesome. They are not trained counselors. They do not know about depression. I I know that many of you have friends that are counselors, but they're not your counselor. They can't be. It's unethical. So you need to seek your own counselor and talk to a therapist, a trained therapist, and let them help you deal with this because there is not a friend out there that needs the burden of making sure you don't hurt yourself. Um, that that is not that is not something they're trained to do, and they won't know how to do that. And that's going to overwhelm your friends. It's very important that you get help for this. Though, and and I just want to read really quickly that again. Um, Many people take their lives, you know, when it comes to depression, and, and I want to say, if, if anyone you know, I'm getting this from depressionandtreatment.org, and this is a great site, too, if you want to get more information about depression, the effects of it, as well as how to get help. Uh, if someone you know is mentioning suicide or doing harm to their self, using terms such as, I don't want to be here anymore, or people would be happier or better off with me gone, if they're talking about feeling trapped or without hope, showing an unusual interest or preoccupation with death, in other words, if they're getting very morbid and macabre, having erratic or reckless behavior, um, self-destructive, getting in touch with loved ones to say a final goodbye or if they start giving stuff away is a big sign as well. Making sure affairs are in order, such as a home found for pets, bills paid off, notes left about instructions, who should receive possessions, and so on transitioning quickly from a state of depression to signs of happiness or calmness because a lot of people think that that's a sign that things are getting better. If they've not received help and all of a sudden they're happy or calm, that's actually a very bad sign. It's very important to listen to all of that. If any one of those things is happening, your friend or loved one is in danger of committing suicide. It's very important that you intervene at that point and really ask them to get help. You can go with them to find help. You can be by their side as they fill out assessment information. Uh, Some counselors will let you sit in on the first session. Definitely let them know that you're there and and guide them in in ways that they can get help that they need. Because at that point, there is no herbal drug that's going to help that. And there is no running that's going to help that. Yeah, so at Mm -hmm. that point, make sure that they're getting help from a trained medical professional, a psychiatrist, a counselor, a therapist, someone that can help them get through this, because at this point it's very serious. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to really know your body, know your your thinking, know your emotions, where you're at emotionally, so that you can be more aware when you do need to go get help. Because so many of us, you know, we're sitting around and our body's aching or our mind's just running rampant or we just don't feel, you know, we're we're fatigued all the time. There's so many, you know, all those symptoms. We're sitting there and going through that, but if you know you have a tendency toward depression 
or even just towards mm-hmm. sadness or toward, you know, going that direction. You're not full, full, full-blown depressed and never have been, but you know you've got a tendency to go that direction. It's really, really important to be aware that you are prone to that and do what you can to keep yourself from falling into that, you know, that depression. Um, and sometimes it's chemical. You know, your body is chemically imbalanced, and you don't have a choice then but to go get some help and get on some meds, and that's okay. Um, so it's this is such a um, important discussion that we're having and be aware of what you're feeling. Be aware of the help that's out there and we'll post those things on Facebook, on the Facebook page, so that you can be you can locate it easily. And, you know, if you need help, ask for it. That's all, you know, that's all you have to do. People are out there ready and willing to help and find a good counselor and you know, a friend may be able to help you find that counselor. So ask around and don't be afraid of it because everybody goes through depression at some point in time in their life and needs right. the help. So I think this has been a really good conversation today. And if any of you have any comments or questions, feel free to shoot message us. Remember, we don't judge and we would love to you know, have uh, feedback about what's going on with all of y'all and and how we can be of service, more service to you and the topics that we need to cover for all of you. So be sure to get on our Facebook page, like us, share it so that other people can also get on. And um, we will talk with you tomorrow about anxiety. So we will see you tomorrow. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.